I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the What up, what up? You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. And it's just me. You only got me tonight. Uh, Nick is traveling the universe, probably somewhere in Disney. I don't know. He told me some some place he was at with family. Actually, now I remember, he was at the NBA experience. Because I got a random text from him earlier today saying, Hey, did you know my wingspan is like three inches smaller than Harrison Barnes? And uh, so... That's where uh, Nick is at. That's where he's at tonight. I don't think he got to catch any of the game. So you get a lot of me tonight. Uh, You also get a lot of audio tonight because, yeah, I went to the game. I'm back in town, back in Dallas. Uh, Thank you for kind of working with us over this past week. Uh, I've been back in Kentucky visiting family. I took my little family back to Kentucky to see um, our family and my parents and all that stuff and we're kind of in this like sweet spot right now if you give me like two minutes of a, a small tangent here of traditions and when you get uh, kind of in this uh, this age range where you know you, you get married or you have a boyfriend girlfriend or you have kids and all this different stuff to where if you grew up with traditions when do you stop your old traditions and start your new traditions. And this is kind of a season I've been in over the past, I don't know, a month or so of figuring out of really with anything, not just holiday. We, it's kind of an emphasis right now because it's Christmas and a holiday we're celebrating and stuff right now. And so it's made me think about traditions more, but really it could be anything, whether it's a business you work at or a place um, you worship at or your personal life. If, if, if you have traditions in your life, what traditions need to continue on? Maybe what traditions need to stop? Because not all traditions uh, are intended to go on forever. And so anyway, that's been uh, my season. Normally, I, I grew up in Kentucky and just going through this whole uh, routine around the Christmas holiday. And this year, I'm like, hey, my wife, we have a one-year-old. We have another kid on the way in February, a little girl. Uh, we have our dog. And we're like, hey, you know what? We're going to come back early, come back a day or so before Christmas and start our own Christmas traditions. So it was weird. It was bittersweet. But uh, it was something that was needed, and uh, we had fun with that. So in turn, circling back to the Mavericks, I got to go to the Mavericks game after Christmas. And normally I'm used to missing any Mavericks games or any home games here in Dallas uh, around the Christmas holiday because normally I'm back at home. And uh, for this one, I wasn't. I was in Dallas. I was here. I went to this game uh, against the Spurs. I was looking forward to it. I hadn't been, you know, I've been gone for a week and a half, two weeks or whatever it was. And uh, so I was excited to be back. And then I walked in and saw it was a city night, city edition jerseys. I did not get a city edition jersey for Christmas. And if y'all know anything about me, I was really bummed about it because, I mean, I, it was on my list. I wanted a, a city edition hat in my stocking. Santa just didn't come through. And I've just, I've started to question a lot of things right now, but no, it was city edition night with the Spurs in town and, uh, Luca was back. And that was the fun thing about it. I, I parked, uh, there at the arena. I was in this, uh, elevator going down, 
to um, yeah to the ground floor outside the arena, and uh, there were some fans, Maverick fans, in the in the elevator, and you know I, I asked them, I was like, man, are you excited for the game tonight? They're like, yeah, we got these tickets a long time ago, but we've been bummed out because we really wanted to see Luca, obviously, and we thought once he got hurt, we wouldn't get to see him, and now he's back tonight, and so I was happy for those fans, and uh, uh, they had a good game. Um, with Luca being back and got to see him on the, on the floor and stuff. But yeah. And I, I love being back in the arena, uh, mainly just to talk to people and catch up with some people, small talk. This is obviously uh, trade season is in, I wouldn't say full force, but we saw a little trade uh, a few days ago with the uh, Jordan Clarkson going to the jazz, Dante Exum going to Cleveland, but pretty much everybody's eligible traded right now um, with, you know, obviously a few players here and there, depending on when they signed or extensions or all that fun stuff. That's hard to figure out sometimes, but for the most part, majority of the people out there are eligible to be traded right now. And so it's fun talking to uh, media, people around the team, just getting a feel of where people um, kind of stand right now with this team and uh, how happy people are, how they, how they think it's going to sustain uh, moving forward regular season compared to playoffs. And it's just fun to hear different people's uh, opinions and all that stuff. But uh, I will say this, when you're winning, man, it makes everything more fun. And everyone is just, uh, what a good mood. I saw uh, good old Donnie Nelson in the hallway greeting season ticket people, shaking hands. It's like he was Santa, uh, which he's always like that. He is literally one of the nicest people in the organization. I uh, saw Cuban walk around with his massive smile. You know, it's, um, yeah. And Rick Carlisle was as loose as ever pregame, postgame. Uh, you'll hear, I, I'm going to have a decent amount of audio on this podcast tonight, but uh, I'll have the, the full epic quote from Rick Carlisle uh, in response to Tim Cato of The Athletic, who asked a great question about the broadcast. So I didn't get to, none of us there got to hear the broadcast tonight. I was on TNT. And uh, I saw Chris Webber down on the floor, but I didn't get to hear anything he said. I got plenty of tweets about it. So uh, Chris Webber, I'm, doesn't sound like you did a great job tonight, but who knows? Could be subjective. And then I heard about the the TNT guys, you know, Chuck and Shaq and those guys at halftime. I guess they jumped on Porzingis, and uh, I'm gonna go back and, and see that now that I'm home. But Tim Cato asked Rick Carlisle a question about that, and Rick gave this amazing answer. I'm just going to put that whole uh, answer to that in there, but I have some different audio things I'll throw in there. I, I want to talk about Luka and this Jumpman thing. I'm super hyped about this and kind of explain some things about player uh, player exclusive PEs versus, um, versus signature shoes. I used to work for Nike. My wife used to work for Nike, and uh, kind of understanding uh, I, I can understand as a, uh, if you don't give a crap about shoes, how it can be kind of uh, confusing. So maybe I might touch on that if I have time, but anyway, got to the arena. Always love sitting uh, courtside and just watching uh, players warm up, seeing Tim Duncan warm up with LaMarcus Aldridge. It's still weird. I don't care who you are. It, it's still just super weird. This is a guy that, I mean, I watched forever play the game of basketball and just San Antonio and the battles with, you know, with the, uh, with the Mavericks and stuff. I just can't imagine seeing Dirk out there helping like warm up people and stuff. And, you know, different assistant coaches are paired up with different, um, 
with different players and help them warm up. We've talked about this a little bit on the pod, but you know, like coach Mosley, he's, he's paired up with Luca. And so he'll wait uh, outside on the court until Luca comes out and he'll work him out pregame and different people. When, when Melvin hunt was here, he had Salah and we joke different times about how Salah would be late to it or early. And uh, he was in how, how fun Salah is and stuff. But anyway, they're all paired up. Well, Tim Duncan's paired up with LaMarcus Aldridge. And it's just weird seeing that. And, uh, but it's, it's cool at the same time. Uh, but small thing, you know how the rim rim mics in Dallas are uber loud, like crazy loud. This is just the craziness of Bobon. So I'm sitting there courtside and I hear the like I hear Bobon yelling, and Bobon is literally tiptoeing and then barely jumping up and yelling into the rim mic. And because his like his his head and mouth is right there at the rim, it is so loud. And I wish I just took video of it. And I know it, it it's probably a sucky explanation of it on a podcast, but it was just really funny hearing Bobon holler and like barely tiptoe slash barely hop up a little bit and just yell into the rim mic because he's so massive and so tall. It's just a fun Bobon experience that I wish all of you were there for. So, first set of audio. When you get to the game early, you have the privilege of going to some of these pregame press conferences. Sometimes I don't, I don't get there that early. Today I did. Went to Rick's pregame uh, press conference. It was fun. He was relaxed. That's normally the times to ask him just random questions. And um, but then I went to Pops, and I've talked to Pop a few times, asked him questions a few times, and yeah, he he just he pops you know, like he. Does a classic pop to a lot of people, and he just embarrasses you, makes you feel dumb. And so I kind of just stopped doing that, really. I just stopped asking questions, just where I'm at in my media career, whatever you want to call it. And I, I don't really have to talk to him. So, uh, but sometimes I like to set in set in the media scrums and uh, just kind of chill and hear his answers, like really what a lot of media does anyway. And pop man he had some good answers so anyway i know a lot of you listening to this have never been in a media scrum with pop so i just want to add i want to throw in there a couple of pop uh questions or slash you can hear the question a little bit and then his answers to just kind of get a glimpse of what it's like being in a media scrum with greg popovich this is kind of simple ball going basket but how does how does your prep against Dodgers change coming into this game uh well you know it's not rocket science, it's basketball. There's only a couple things you can do, and either it works or it doesn't. He's a great player. Is it a little different with him coming off of an injury, first time in four games? Does it change your approach? Yeah, that silence after that question was just him staring. So, um, yeah, you can't obviously put that on a podcast, but classic, cr- classic pop. All right, Get, getting asked about uh, Garden Luca or kind of a, uh, the approach to defending Luca, and you know, kind of a layup question. You can you can ask the. I mean, a, a good solid question for Pop. I mean, a layup for Pop to answer it, and uh, yeah. So that's Greg Popovich in a media scrum. Uh, actually, I have one more. Can I can I throw one more? Uh, hopefully, you're shaking your head. If you're shaking your head, no, I'm sorry. You can just push uh, fast forward 30 seconds on that uh, the little icon there. But here's a. I hate to do this to you, Saad, but here's here's Saad asking uh, Pop about KP's role in New York compared to uh, now in Dallas. 
have you seen Porzingis change from how he was in New York to his role now in Dallas? Uh, I don't really know what his role was in New York. So I mean, we, we have enough to look at without worrying about Porzingis' role between New York and Dallas. So we just try to work on what we need to do. Oh, good old Pop. I don't know... Uh... I don't know what KP's role is like in New York. So uh, anyway, that's pop. Pop is pop. There's literally no one else like him in the entire NBA. And uh, it's entertaining to be in a media scrum with pop. So there you go. Anyway, let's get to the game. Actually, let's take a quick break. I don't have Nick sitting here telling me when to take a break. So uh, I think I need to take a break. And then uh, let's actually talk a little bit about the game. All right, I'm back. All right, Isaac, I'm back. There you go. Uh, last time I did a solo pod, somebody tweeted at me and said I was thrown off because I didn't have an all right Isaac after a break. And uh, there you go. You had it. And uh, I, I'm not doing a live read right now. I probably should should be doing a live read. Don't tell Nick. But uh, hopefully an, uh, an ad was just put in there pre-roll. So let's talk about this game. Obviously, Luca was back. Um, man, Tim Hardaway continues to just do his thing and his mid range shots from hitting threes. You know, he had, he finished tonight with 17 points, which was, you know, second uh, highest leading score on the team behind Luca tonight, but seven of 14 from the field. It's obviously 50%, uh, three of six from, uh, behind the line of 50% too. He continues to be a consistent, um, I want to say second, you know, because Porzingis is technically supposed to be that, uh, be a consistent scoring option outside of Luca. And, uh, it's been a surprise to a lot of people as far as his efficiency. And, but over this past, um, what, three, four weeks this past month, uh, he's been playing really good basketball and he did that again tonight. Um, Dorian Finney Smith, let's go, bro. I love this guy. I can't hype him up enough. I love him in the locker room. I love him on the court. We've talked about him a lot. And he he just, he comes out tonight and obviously he had DeMar DeRozan. And that was the, he takes on these tough assignments every single night. He is the guy for Dallas. That he takes on the Kawhis, the Paul Georges, these type of guys. Tonight he had DeMar DeRozan. He's talked about it in the past how DeRozan's a different type of guy to guard. And I know you might look at it uh, maybe from a fan perspective and say, all right, a guy who doesn't shoot threes, shouldn't that be easier to guard? And it's not always the case. And uh, Dorian has talked about that in the past, how it's just a different type of uh, defensive matchup for him to take uh, him on. But I thought he did a really good job on DeRozan. Uh, You saw Rick kind of shadow him a a few times when DeRozan comes into the game Dorian would come into the game but he's just grown so much as a player and he had that play I think it was in the fourth quarter maybe I know it was at least second half let's just leave it at that in, in which you know DeRozan drove the lane Dorian caught up to him smacked it off the backboard amazing block they come down the floor DeLon comes down the floor Dorian comes down to the left corner he hits hits Dorian in the in the corner for the three it was just an incredible sequence to show you the type of player Dorian is that he had to block on one end, 
He hustled down, had the open three, and drained the three on the other end. He's becoming a vital piece to this team. He is a piece to this team. I wrote on it last month. I tweeted out again tonight. I just wanted to push that again. Of I wrote this whole thing. I, wrote, I talked to the front office. I talked to the team about him. Talked to him about his role and how he is their pit bull in this uh, on this team. And every team needs a Deshaun Stevenson. Every team needs a Bruce Bowen. These type of guys that do the dirty work. They hit the open shots, but they don't give a crap about stats. But they're going to fill in the blanks there. They're going to tough on tuck take on these tough assignments and that's what he does and i just think you know rick praised him after the game said he's having an incredible season incredible year and uh yeah we're right there with it i i just i love what dorian's doing it, it feels like his confidence and uh just his comfort in the system and playing with these guys gets better every single game so shout out to you dorian finney smith basketball wise man they were killing LaMarcus Aldridge in the pick and roll, especially when you know they had that little run there with Dwight Powell uh, and, and Luca, and they were just feasting on him. And man, if you're, I know Aldridge obviously in in a mid range game and and hitting his pick and pop shots, he's great at that. And and I I yeah, I don't want to bash him. I don't want this to come across as bashing, but just when you see an offense like Dallas and they're putting him in these pick and rolls and. I mean, they made him look slow. They, they, uh, I, I kind of got a, a few canter vibes in that a little bit of man. They just uh, he couldn't defend that pick and roll with Luca and Dwight Powell, and you know he would hedge a little bit on Luca and Luca. Would, it felt like it felt like Luca hit Dwight Powell for like eight straight dunks or you know shots or the behind the back pass. Really, it was like two or three, but still they were targeting him in the pick and roll uh, on purpose, and he just couldn't defend that. And now. To his defense, he was, you know, scoring on the other end too to kind of even it out a little bit. But still, uh, he was having uh, a, some struggles on the defensive end covering that pick and roll. But uh, Delon Wright, twenty minutes off the bench tonight, uh, twelve points. Maxi played thirty-one minutes off the bench tonight, six points, twelve rebounds. What about do y'all remember that play with Dwight Powell I, in the arena? It looked bad, but when he slipped on the floor and he bent his knee backwards and it just made me cringe sitting in my seat and he ended up being totally fine. He was okay. I think he came out of the game after that. But anyway, I know that was super random. Doesn't really matter about the game, but yeah, I mean, Spurs, you know, in the second quarter took that lead. I got a little worried a little bit. Luca, uh, Obviously, he wasn't 100%. I tweeted out before the game, he he threw, threw the ball off the backboard, caught it one-handed, dunked it, and I was like, all right, man. Yeah, all right, he's feeling pretty good tonight. But uh, I thought he played pretty well in the game. You know, I don't no really minute restrictions tonight. Played 32 minutes, finished the night, 24 points, 10 rebounds, eight assists. Just a casual night in the office for Luka Doncic. Here's your NBA All Star vote reminder. All Star voting came out yesterday on Christmas, and if you've not voted for Luka. Make sure you go to Luca. I know you can go through maps.com slash all-star. You go on Google. There's all these different ways to vote on Google. You can go on the NBA.com app and vote through there. Guys, vote for Luca. We need some shirts made. We need all of this stuff. We have to full the full-on campaign. Vote for Luka Doncic. We have to make him an all-star captain. It's possible. Don't think that, hey, it's LeBron and you can't get you know, you can't get more votes than LeBron. That's bullcrap. Don't believe it. When and when you here's a okay, now I'm getting frustrated with this. 
When I've seen Mavs fans tweet out their ballot and who they've been voting, who they've been voting for over the past few days, they like post the little thing. It's really cool on NBA.com. It shows you different you know, the silhouettes thing and and who you voted for. Don't vote for LeBron. I don't care. He should be an All Star, uh, like a starter. He should be. Don't get me wrong. He should be. But don't vote for him. Vote for anybody. Right? Vote for Ryan freaking Brokoff. I don't care who you vote for. Just don't vote for LeBron because we want Luca to be the captain. We don't want LeBron to be the captain. So there you go. There's your tidbits from me. Um, anything else about the game? No. Because I want to get to some audio from after the game, some different things. Uh, there's a lot of conversation going around about Kristaps Porzingis' role and the, his role in the offense and everything right now. And it's intriguing. You know, it's definitely a conversation. I don't think it's a, a topic or a conversation that you have to, that Mavs fans should get frustrated about or you should look at it and be like, why are we even talking about this? I think it's a very valid, very relevant conversation. Because you go out and you hand a max contract to this all-star talent, this young superstar who was, what, a top 15 player in the league before he went down. He tears his ACL. He doesn't play for 20 months. You hand him a max contract you know, for the most part. And, and then, bam, he comes out and he's not fully integrated into the offense. He's not fully himself as far as numbers-wise and just what you saw in New York. And so I think all of it is – they are valid questions. Now, I think where where the argument conversations uh, get a little – what's the word I'm looking at? Not really funky, but argumentative is what it should be. And – Obviously, the TNT guys and Shaq and Barkley, and I'm speaking on this without even hearing hearing them first, is, you know, I heard them a few weeks ago. I was watching. I was actually watching when they just went in on Embiid and Jokic, and how they're these big guys and they don't want it, all this different stuff. And apparently tonight they were saying a kind of uh, similar type things about Porzingis and how he needs to be in the post and he needs to be dominating the post and all this different stuff. Guys, that isn't going to happen in Dallas. That is not the system. That's not the role that they have for, for Porzingis. So anyway, I say all of this because Tim Cato of The Athletic asked Rick about this post game and said, Rick, you know, the TNT guys, the broadcast, blah, blah, blah. They're saying, you know, saying this stuff about Porzingis and in the post game. What is your uh, kind of not really rebuttal, but like, what is your response to that? And, you know, Rick has some fun stuff at the beginning, like, hey, what are you listening to the broadcast for? Blah, blah. So I put I put the question in there. I want you to hear the full Rick Carlisle audio quote to this, because this is classic and epic Carlisle rant. It's full of passion. It's full of uh Laughter, you can hear me laughing at one point when uh, Carla drops a word that's not suitable for kids. So if you're under the age of 18, make sure uh, you are listening with your parents at this time. But anyway, it's just a classic, great Rick Carla quote. I want to put the full quote in there. It's literally like two minutes long, probably. So uh, sit back, enjoy this marvelous Rick Carla quote on the plummeting Post game around the league and Kristaps Porzingis' role in the offense. Right, there's apparently a lot of talk on the broadcast about KP not posting up enough. What what is his role in the offense and how is it obviously much larger than most of the, the broadcast? Are you listening to the broadcast or you I just see tweets? I know you don't care about it, but uh, just so you can refute, you know. Post up's not a good play anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's just not a good play. Um, it's it's not a good play for a 7 3 guy. It's, it's a low value. 
situation. Um, our numbers are very substantial that when he spaces beyond the three-point line, you know, we're a historically good offensive team. And when any of our guys go in there, um, you know, our effectiveness is, is diminished exponentially. And so it's counterintuitive. Um, I understand that. But it's a fact. And I think that there are certain situations it makes sense. If we, can, if we can get him on a roll in the paint going toward the rim, that's a good situation. And that's what we're looking to do with all our guys. We really don't post anybody up. We post Luca up once in a while when he's got a real small guy on him. Um, but even those situations, the, you know, the, the value of those situations has, um, has plummeted. And so, you know, we've, we've, got to, we've got to realize that this game has changed. It's changed. It's just a, it's just a fact. Um, and he's a guy that when he spaces beyond the arc above the break, is a historically great all-time three-point shooter uh, with, with uh, an unbelievable efficiency. And the thing that I like about his game where it is now is that um, his reads have gotten better. Uh, he's, his spacing is such that when people run at him, he's now driving the ball directly for dunks, and he's thrown some really cool, cool lob passes to Powell. You know, I mean, you got a 7-3 guy throwing to a 6-10 guy on a lob. I mean, that's... That's pretty fucking cool if you ask me. <laughs> so look, let's get off let's get off of all this stuff about you know KP needs to go in the post. He doesn't. He doesn't. Um, I'm okay with him going in there once in a while. Um, but we don't we don't post anybody. It's nothing personal against him. Um, and look, he's used to doing it because they ran the triangle for two or three years when he was there. Um, who's run the triangle now? Has anybody seen anybody run the triangle offense? The triple post? If you do, raise your hand, because I want to I see who you are, all right? Because I haven't seen it. Um, that offense is extinct. And look, it wouldn't extinct when Phil Jackson retired. He's the only guy that ever had any, um, any success with it. He's a, he's a genius and a master of it. Um, but look, we got to get off of this thing. Um, we got we to gotta, we gotta treat KP with, with some respect and, and respect him for what he is. He's a historically great player. And, and quit, quit, quit criticizing him because he's 7'3". That's what, that's what everybody's doing. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's people on TV or anything else. Give me Rick Carlisle in my corner. That's my coach right there. I'll run through a brick wall for Rick after that. Can, I mean, can every player have a, have a coach like that to take up for them, to fight for them like that? Uh, because, uh, man, what, I mean, there's so many different parts of this quote. That's amazing. Obviously when, when Rick, uh, was describing the Porzingis, Dwight Powell, uh, pick and roll, everybody got a chuckle of that. That was just amazing. He just, after he started in, in response to Cato about it, I, I mean, we were just all cracking up about it because he was so passionate about it. I loved it. I love his defense, uh, of Porzingis in that. And, he kind of got a, a peek underneath the hood a little bit of their thinking. And you see it. You obviously see it in the numbers. You see it in, you know, the analytics and different stuff. And just looking at Synergy. You know, I was looking at Synergy earlier today. And just looking at the, the different play types offensively for the Mavericks and kind of where they rank in the league. As far as points per possession, they're second in the league in spot-up shots. 776 possessions. 23% of offense possessions for the Mavericks are spot-up shots. They're second in the league in that one 
1.07 points per possession with an excellent rating on synergy. Uh, Pick and roll ball handler possessions 19% of the time, 628 possessions for those guys, 1.059 points per possession, number one rank in the league, excellent rating according to Synergy in that. When you look at those compared to going down through there, I'm like, all right, just the different ratings on Synergy of the different categories of excellent, excellent, average, very good, very good. And then there's one category at the bottom that, have has only had it's four percent of the offensive possessions, only four percent, and 131 possessions uh, on on the year so far. They're scoring at 0.75 points per possession. They're ranked 28th in the league according to Synergy and points per possession with a poor rating. And you guessed it, that's the post up play. Dallas just doesn't do it. It's not just the fact that it's Porzingis. They just don't think it's a a very efficient way to run their offense they want to have space they want to keep the the ball moving they want to shoot three pointers and and I, i love his defensive you know of Porzingis in this one it's their system but two it's him too it, when you just look at his body frame just everything with this a lot of people want to point to Porzingis of saying oh man you're not posting up all this stuff it's really he's he said it best he's saying nobody in our our system is doing it and not only doing it but doing it well like this is they're one of the highest rating offenses in NBA history for a reason there's it's obviously working right now so I do want to, uh, man, there's so many different things from that uh, Rick Carlisle quote, but I want to add in, I want to throw in another audio to, to Porzingis' response to kind of hearing about Porzingis, I mean, hearing about Carlisle's uh, answer to that because I think, uh, and it goes back to that thing in the beginning of saying, when you're winning, everything's fine because you see people happier. You see smiles going on. If, you, if there's any problems, everything's getting brushed past because you know what? Hey, we're winning. And that's the the whole purpose of this whole dang thing. And I love how honest Porzingis is in this answer of saying, obviously I want to post up. Obviously I want to do these things, but if we're winning, it's okay right now if we're winning. And I just wonder, I, I wonder what this looks like if, you know, if, if they wouldn't win it, what would this be looking like as far as would he want the ball more in the post? So anyway, I just want you to hear the quote and then we'll go from there. But first, let's take a break. I w- if it's a, Man, I would just forget about breaks, but you know what? If we don't take breaks and we don't hear ads, then we don't get paid and I need to get paid. So here you go. Let's take a break, listen to the ad, and then we'll come back and hear what KP has to say after the game. For must have been three minutes, he went on and they talked about how the post up's not an efficient shot and how they're working to make your role in the offense offense different, more dynamic in a lot of ways. Um, how easy has that been to embrace for you? You know, what what is your role? I guess you know, how do you see it in this offense, and how have you embraced it this season? Yeah, you know, uh, my mindset is is I just want to be as as selfless as I can out there. You know, obviously I, I'm always looking to score and I want to be aggressive. Uh, but I want to do what's best for the team, and um, and if that's the way, you know, we're effective and we're good on offense, then I'm with it. And if we're winning, I'm with it. So, so that's kind of my mindset. And uh, you know, obviously it's not easy. Of course, I want to post up and, and do my thing, and, and you know, and but you know, it's 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 it's, it's what we're trying to do. And, and you know, I don't know if we're still up there in number one or whatever we are offensive offensively. Offensive rating wise, uh, but we were there, you know, and, and, and that was me 
playing from the outside in and then getting my shots from the outside. And imagine we're, we're number one with me shooting, I don't know, 40%, something like that, in field. So once once I become more more efficient also uh, for my own shots and, and my own stuff, then, then those numbers will go up even more as a, as a team. So as long as we're winning, we'll, we'll stick to it and, and, and I'll do what's right. As long as we're winning, I will stick to it. And I think this is, a, I think one of the coolest parts about this quote is you see the um, the team first mentality of Porzingis and the unselfishness of him of saying, man, of course I would love to be in the post. Of course I'd love to be having the ball and down there and let me go to work, even if it's not um, really going in, but just working out the kinks in that. And but that doesn't matter the most to Porzingis right now. He wants to win basketball games. He wants to, you know, get to the playoffs and do whatever it takes for this team to win. And I think it speaks volumes for him. And I just, I loved his, uh, his quote back to, you know, uh, about that Rick Carlisle quote and just, uh, you know, it means a lot for him of seeing a guy like Rick Carl passionately defend him, passionately defend, you know, him against the people who say, man, he can't even post. He's seven foot three. He's all this different stuff. And, uh, I just love seeing Rick take up for him. I love seeing Porzingis's response, the team first mentality. I, I love the whole vibe around this team. I talked to, or I asked Rick about just the chemistry about this team, uh, before the game, he, you know, he just kept on saying how much this team loves to play together and play for each other. And, uh, I love the vibe around this team right now. I'm really going to end the pod with the Luca audio, and I'm just going to throw all the audio in there from his uh, post-game uh, media scrum. <clears throat> it's like two minutes worth of stuff. You hear random different things about his health, and I was going to kind of chop it up and give you a couple different things, but I'm like, hey, I'll just throw the whole audio in there. Go for it. You can just uh, listen to the whole thing. But one of the obvious questions, or a couple of the questions, um, was about his shoe deal. You know, obviously, uh, Lucas signed a deal with Jordan Brand. Uh, Jordan Brand uh, tweeted out a video of it and uh, kind of announcing uh, him with the brand. It had been rumored for a while. The Athletic, I think, broke the story uh, on that. But uh, for me personally, I love it. Uh, I'm a big uh, Jordan Brand guy myself. I have a decent amount of retros, and uh, I just uh, I love uh, Jordan Brand. When I told my dad over Christmas, who Luca was going to be signing with, uh, I guess last week, whatever. And uh, he looked at me and said, man, I bet you love this. And uh, I do, I do love this. Even though I'm not the biggest fan of their signature shoes and all that stuff. Uh, I do, uh, I do like retros and uh, I still like uh, retros and uh, I, the Jordan brand is uh, man. And you kind of hear Luca talk a little bit about Chris Henderson, uh, media guy, Chris Henderson, has his own YouTube channel, all that stuff. He's all big in the shoes and stuff. He, you can hear his voice at the very beginning, ask him about the sig- uh, sig- significance of signing with Jordan Brand, and just hearing Luca kind of talk about that a little bit of uh, what the Jordan Brand means and just how it's known across the the world. And a little bit later on, I asked him uh, if he's more excited about uh, off the court or on the court shoes, and he naturally says both. Uh, but yeah, I think there's a bigger conversation if you want to know more about the difference between a signature shoe, a PE, a player exclusive. 
Uh, I think the ESPN report said he's not going to start off with a signature shoe. So basically you have two different kinds. You have a player exclusive, you have signature shoe. There'll be a lot of people that are signed with a brand, whether it's Nike or Jordan, whatever. And they're, they are a Nike athlete, but they don't have their own shoe. So uh, for instance, like Giannis has his own shoe. He was the latest signature athlete for Nike. So I worked for Nike uh, during the time when uh, when they made Kyrie Irving a signature athlete. That was a huge deal. I mean, it was a big deal. I remember it was a big deal in the company and just all of us talking about it, all this stuff because there people don't hand out signature deals that often to where you have your own shoe, a Kyrie one, a, you know, <clears throat> KD seven or whatever it is. So Nike obviously has, you know, had Kobe and Durant and LeBron and, you know, then they added Kyrie and Paul George Giannis. Normally, typically you have to kind of earn your stripes a little bit and Giannis MVP and, you know, Kyrie went into finals, all this different stuff. I don't know where you want to justify Paul George, but let's leave that alone with Jordan brand. They kind of have a wave moving out. Yeah, Chris Paul's had his signature, you know, shoe. He has the Chris Paul, you know, two, three, four, you whatever you want to say. They're his own Chris Paul shoe. Uh, Carmelo for years had car had his own mellow shoe. Russell Westbrook right now he releases a new Russell Westbrook shoe every year. However, however often they do that. So the difference is a player can be a player exclusive, have PEs, and that's when you take a. Um, any of these Jordan shoes that you're seeing for the most part, like the latest 34s, you take in a 34 and they'll put your own personal logo on it. So like Dirk would have PEs of Hyperdunks and he'd have his Dirk logo on the tongue. Uh, you'd have your own different like colorways of that. So what you're probably going to see, and I, I, I'm not going to get into all the detail stuff, what you're probably going to see is Luca have a lot of input on some of these color designs of whether the 34s or uh, any type of team Jordan shoes. And they'll have, you know, his logo probably on it at some point and all this different stuff to where they're player exclusives. They're not Luca ones. We're not going to see them right off the bat. Now I think ESPN reported saying, Hey, you know, there are clauses in this contract of if he wins an MVP or a finals MVP or something like that, you could see it then. But I think, I, I know I tweeted out and saying I was projecting into the future of saying, man, if Zion reaches where we all think he can, if Luca continues on this path, they're going to get their signature shoes sooner rather than later. And because I really do think a Luca one or Luca two will sell. And yeah, I know a lot of people's push, you know, push back on that a little bit, saying, "Hey, Giannis' shoes isn't selling all this different different stuff." I think I don't know. I anyway, let's leave that alone. So, <clears throat> I think it'll be sooner rather than later. I don't know when that will be, but I think you'll see. Yeah, you'll see a bunch of different colorway, different stuff with Luca. Yeah, he said they're super excited about it. I'm super excited to see what they're going to do. So, no signature shoe yet, no Luca ones and all that stuff yet. So, don't get your hopes up too much with that. Uh, I think, you know, it will be in the future, whether you want to say, yeah, next couple of years, maybe we'll see what he, you know, he accomplishes. We'll see what the playoffs look like, any awards, all this different stuff. But, uh, I'm excited for what this uh, partnership is going to look like. I love the Jordan brand and, uh, man, I'm pumped for that. So anyway, here is, uh, the Luka Doncic audio from post game. After that, I'm just going to end the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. It's a little different. You got a lot more of my voice tonight. Sorry. I think Nick will be back tomorrow, uh, but you got a lot of different audio. So peace out. Here is Luka Doncic audio from post game 
of the win over the Spurs. Luke, congrats on your Jordan brand deal. I know that's an honor for you being a sneaker guy. Um, can you talk about that? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm so happy to be part of that family. Uh, you know, uh, I'm very excited. Uh, I know they're very excited too, so I'm just happy to be with them. Look, how are you feeling right now after playing 30-plus minutes tonight? How are you feeling? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty tired uh, going to the end of the game. You know, It's different. It was difficult when you are like four or five games. Uh, you got to catch up, and, you know, it's going to get better. Did it take a while for you to get your feet on you? Because I know you had three turnovers there in the first quarter. Yeah, uh, but later on, I, I think I had uh, one more, so it was, it was better. Uh, but kind of cost, you know, getting to the game. Luca, how's your ankle feeling overall? It just feels pretty good, or do you feel any stress on it or anything? No, it's good. You know, uh, keep. I'm gonna keep icing it. You know, keep uh, the bandaid on. And just, it's good. Coach Pop during halftime stated that you're one of the most unstoppable players that he had to coach against. What do you think about that? I mean, it's special to hear it. You know, but right here we got a great team. You know, uh, you saw how they play without me too. Uh, they play great. And you know, we just uh, we want to go far as possible this season. How difficult was it for you, Lucas, sitting out those last four games? Oh yeah, for sure. I just, uh, I'm young. I just want to play. You know, uh, I don't want to miss no games. Uh, but you know, uh, I got some rest too. And you know, now just keep going. Tell us about that run in the outset of the fourth quarter when KP hit back-to-back threes. Delon right here, three threes, and Jalen hit a three. Yeah, it was great. You know, it was a big run. You know, I think. It was the key to the game. Uh, they had a big run, and you know uh, we're just glad that we got the got the win. You know, last season you almost made All Star as a rookie. All Star voting has begun. Are you ready to be voted onto a team this year? Uh, for the I mean, West. Yeah, I hope so. I'll be there. Yeah. Luca, you got another song written about you. Did you see? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what you What you think of this one? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> cool that a Slovenian did it, I guess. Yeah. 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 Growing up over in Slovenia, what, what did you know about uh, about Air Jordan, about the Jordan brand, growing up overseas? Oh, everything. Uh, you know, in Europe, uh, everybody talks about Jordan. You know, uh, Jordan is an idol for everybody in Europe. You know, and being a part of his shoes, you know, it's just something incredible. Were you surprised you get that behind the back pass from Seth early in the game? Ah, I was so happy he, he made it. You know, uh, he gave me an open dunk. Uh, you know, I don't dunk a lot, so I was happy. With Jordan Brand, are you more excited about shoes off the court or on the court? I would say both. Yeah. Do you have a special special request for one particular shoe? I know you like the Jordan Four. Is that yeah. your special request? Yeah, those are my favorites for off the court. Yeah. <laughs>